Everybody needs encouragement. Who will you encourage today, this week? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are encouraging to us, that you put encouragers in our lives. I pray that you would make us light of the world by allowing us to encourage the people that we run into every week, every day. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Today everybody knows about talk shows. It seems like everybody has their own talk show or is going to have a talk show. They are just kind of pl pl uh, ubiquitous. Um, but when I was growing up, there were only a couple of talk shows. Um, Donna Shore, was that her name? Um, the, uh, I, th I think of, you know, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was the one who introduced the world to Tiger Woods when he was like five years old, had a, had a, had a golf demonstration. Um, but Merv Griffin was an afternoon talk show that, um, kind of set the tone in many ways. Today, Merv Griffin is probably more known for like Wheel of Fortune than for um, than for his own talk show. But one day he had a guest who was a bodybuilder. As you'd expect, the guy, the guy came out and he was like one big muscle. During the interview, Merv asked him, so why do you develop those particular muscles? The bodybuilder stepped forward to the audience, flexed his muscles, kind of as I'm doing underneath my shirt right now, flexed his muscles and didn't say anything in response. The audience applauded, you know, it's a wonderful thing, you know. Murph said, hey, that's great, but what do you use all of those muscles for, he asked. Again, Mr. Muscle Man flexed for the audience and the audience applauds, you know, it's okay. Merv Griffin wouldn't let up. Again, but what do you use your muscles for? Mr. Muscle Man didn't have an answer. He had nothing to say. His muscles were just kind of all there for the sake of being muscles, but he had no, couldn't say, oh, for this, I accomplished these things with it. You know, a lot of people are like that today. If you ask them, what are your strengths for? They can tell you their strengths. Maybe they can show you their strengths. But if you really press them, but what are your strengths for? Why has God given you those strengths? They might not have a clear answer. See, God gave each of us muscles, brain muscles, financial muscles, personality muscles, influence muscles, physical muscles, emotional muscles, leadership muscles, helper muscles. And God has given each of us those muscles for one reason, to love. To love God, to love people, to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, as Jesus said. Now, recently in my sermons, I talked about, from 2 Corinthians 7, the power of encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. And God has given us our strengths, whatever they are if for no other reason, to encourage others. I love the observation somebody made that the gospel of Jesus is the good news of Jesus. If the good news, if the gospel is good news, then when you share the good news, it's going to feel encouraging. So encouragement is what the gospel feels like when it passes from one person to another. 
And everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs the good news of Jesus. Everybody needs to know that they are loved by God, forgiven in Christ, hope for eternity, and blessed by God right now in this moment. Proverbs 12, 25, worry worries a person down. An encouraging word cheers them up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily while it's still called today so that none of us is hardened by sin's deceitfulness. How many people do you know? Um, I'm hearing about people who are committing suicide or attempting suicide almost every week now. Sin's really deceptive. People really need encouraged. Proverbs 25, 11, a word spoken at the right time is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Encouragement is more powerful than we may realize. You know, there was an experiment performed some time ago in the San Francisco school system. A principal in the district called three teachers into his office and told them because of their expertise, because of their track record, they were considered some of the finest teachers in the entire school system. He also then told them that he had placed within them um, high IQ students who would be allowed to learn at their own pace and because they're far advanced from other students and and let them know who their specific students were. By the end of the year, it was discovered that those students had achieved 20 to 30% more had achieved more, had done better than the entire, than than other students in the whole San Francisco Bay school system. The principal then called the three teachers in and said, I have a confession to make. He said, the truth is you didn't have the most intellectually gifted students in the area. In fact, academically, all your students were average. They were specifically selected because they have past performance of being average run-of-the-mill students. And they were just kind of picked for because of their, um, their uh, being ordinary students. The teachers, of course, immediately concluded well, it just shows what great teachers we are. You know, they're thinking to themselves, it must be because we are superior teachers that they have done so well. The principal then said he had another confession. These three teachers' names were chosen out of a hat. They were not chosen because they had some excellent record in the past that was superior to others. Why then did the students perform at such an exceptional level the entire year? Encouragement. Some call it self-fulfilling prophecy, but that's another word for you see potential in others and you encourage it by your words and by your actions and by your expectations and by your attitudes. And it changes them. It impacts them. Their teachers believed in them, the students, and the students then believed in themselves. 
In fact, the teachers gave more encouragement because they believed more in them. Everybody needs encouragement, especially our children. I want you to take a look there at this picture called the, 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 the um, Treaty of Paris. The Treaty of Paris was painted by Benjamin West, who's recommend, recognized as one of the greatest painters in American history. One of his most famous paintings is this painting, the Treaty of Paris, which formally ended the American Revolutionary War. By the way, you're looking at it and say, saying, why is this part over here incomplete? According to the story, the British delegates who were there at the signing of the treaty refused to pose for the painting because they felt embarrassed and ashamed. As a result, there is this huge portion of the picture <laughs> that's just kind of, you're saying, what in the world is there? Those are the embarrassed British representatives. That's who they are. Well, when he was a little boy, Benjamin West attempted to draw a picture of his sister. It was atrocious. It was a mess. He felt ashamed. His mother saw his work, saw he was embarrassed, kissed him on the head and remarked, why, it's Sally. <laughs> it's your sister. And Benjamin Harris said that was so encouraging. He said later, it was that kiss on, that kiss from his mother that made him an artist. Encouragement is a powerful thing. Um, I don't know if that story is true or to the degree it's true, to the degree it's an exaggeration, but this is what I know is true. Many of us have been tempted to quit at times. Many have been felt like failures. And an encouraging person, an encouraging word, somebody breathing encouragement into our discouraged souls made us all the difference for us to go on. Kids need our encouragement. On the other end of the spectrum, so do the elderly. Do you know any elderly people who need encouragement? I was reading a research recently that said many seniors go through the days and the weeks with very little or no human interaction. According to a new survey out of uh, of, of the United Kingdom, hundreds of thousands of older people actually often go a week without speaking to a single person. According to a survey of almost 2,000 seniors over 65, more than one in five, 22%, will not have a conversation with more than three people over the next week. Perhaps more alarming, though, is that researchers say that 225,000 individuals will go a week without talking to anyone face-to-face. -face. Caroline Abrams, charity director for Age UK, says, Loneliness is a huge problem because retirement, bereavement, and ill health mean many older people find they are spending a lot less time enjoying the company of others than they'd like. Their friends have passed away. They're not as mobile as they used to be. They find themselves um, 
ill and can't get out. Loneliness can, she continues, loneliness can affect your health, your well-being, and the way you see yourself. It can make you feel invisible and forgotten. About 40% of seniors say that they would feel more confident to head out each week if they just knew one of their neighbors. Just the thought, they said, of somebody stopping to chat with them brightened their outlook. Half of the respondents agreed that even a short conversation with a neighbor or acquaintance would greatly improve their day. A quarter of older adults say it makes them feel good when somebody smiles or acknowledges them while waiting in line at, uh, at places like the bank or a grocery store. One in five said they would be thrilled if somebody stopped just to ask, how their day had gone. You know, one of the things we encourage people to do is just ask people, how can I pray for you? Um, I love asking older people, how can I pray for you? Because um, very rarely will they be uninterested. This week, look for opportunities to encourage an older person. I try to walk four or five times a week. And most of the time I walk by an elderly home that's just up the road here. I've come to know a man named Thane, who's about 90 years old, um, from Brooklyn all of his life. But he's moved here because he has a son who lives in the area. Um, but Thane is, is lonely. You know, he says his son doesn't visit him much, whatever. I don't know what's, what's the case. Uh, but he reminds me of, um, he reminds me of my grandfather and in his smile, in his gestures. Um, I said that the other day when a, uh, another man from his home, his elderly home, was sitting beside him. I said, I said, Thane, you know, you just remind me of my grandfather sometime. And the other guy says, does Thane look like Jimmy Durante to you? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, actually, he kind of does have that, that nose. Once I was talking to Thane, and Thane said, you know, I, I, sometimes I just wish it was over. Everybody needs encouragement, especially the elderly. I look forward to going on my walks and I'll stop and I'll ask Thane, how can I pray for you? And to be honest with you, he's not real churchy type. You know, some days he'll say, well, you know, you know, you only eat one of those in your life, you know, or, or he knows why he feel like that. But I keep asking. And the other day there were four other gentlemen that were sitting beside him and we all got into a conversation and a couple of the other guys were very much more open. Oh, you can pray for my feet. You can pray for my son. And this one guy says, I used to, my son's a boxer, you know, and I just pray for him as a boxer. And everybody needs encouragement, especially the elderly. Do you? Ever go out of your way to encourage an elderly person to greet them? When you're in the grocery store, when you are in public walking down the road, go out of your way. Charles Schwab said, I consider my ability to arouse enthusiasm among men the greatest asset I possess. The way I develop the best that a man is, is by appreciation and encouragement. What if we would make it our ambition? to just be more encouraging. How could God use that to go and make disciples of all nations?
Proverbs 12, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers them up. Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily while it's called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage one another and build each other up. Watch yourself today. Do you have more words of criticism than encouragement? More negative words than positive? More correctional words? than appreciation words. Who can you encourage today? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you give us your word and that it is a daily encouragement every time we read it. Lord, we are so encouraged that you hear our voices, that you turn your face to us, that you care. We're so encouraged that you've forgiven our sins, that you've given us your son, that you've given us your Holy Spirit, that we walk with you, that you have given us your gifts, that you walk with us in a way that empowers us, that we can know your presence from moment by moment, and therefore your peace. Lord, we're encouraged that you've gone to prepare a place for us in eternity, a home where every tear will be, will be dried. Now, God, help us to have eyes that see people who are not encouraged, people who are discouraged, and to see them the way that you do and to encourage them as you have encouraged us. With words and with actions. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you soon.